0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: lock Talk Radio. Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman
2: is putting into my running,
1: and I'm so far from my. We will not go home. gently. Uh, we will unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, scared and
3: all alone Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle I'd like hey, to play man, football
1: coming down from the gallows And
3: I don't
1: have very long
4: Renegade sounds a little crazy tonight. I guess that's how we're all feeling tonight, really crazy. Hello, my friends. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and once again, you are tuned in to The Steeler Hangover, presented by Behind the Steel Curtain. And remember, Behind the Steel Curtain, for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. Now, I am not a braggadocious man. I do not like to gloat, but I do like movies. And I'm thinking about one of my favorite movies set in New England, set in Boston. And it was an Academy Award-winning movie written – the screenplay was written by uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, two very, very big New England Patriots fans. And one of the great lines of that movie was, you like apples. Well, I just got her number. How do you like them apples? Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers just beat the New England Patriots 17-10. to 10. How do you like them apples? That's all I've got to say, and I'm going to say it over and over again. I feel like trillion bucks. And I know my good friend Anthony Defio, he feels the same. I believe you said, Tony, that your hands have just stopped shaking. So I'm going to ask you, how do you like them apples?
5: Uh, they're pretty
6: tasty. Yeah, Whew, long time coming, huh? Seven years, and and it feels like seven years since they won their last game overall. So yeah, it was definitely a big win. And credit to you, you've been saying for weeks that they were going to win when their backs were against the wall, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, what a what a fine performance by the defense, especially. But it was just probably one of the biggest wins in Mike Tomlin's career.
4: Well, you know, I can't take too much credit because I did pick them to win the last three games that they indeed did lose. Um, so I, I just I just felt that if they were who we thought they were, they would go ahead and win this ball game. And we are just feeling fantastic. And uh, this is the Steeler hangover, and usually we give ourselves 24 hours to go ahead and plan. And not just plan, but uh, – Figure out how we feel. Recover is the big word. We use we really need to uh, get refreshed after uh, a whole gamut of emotions, and we really needed the 24 hours here. But, Tony, I think we've only given ourselves about two hours because this is being recorded on Sunday night because of uh, travel plans that I have. So I wanted to go ahead and make sure that we got out. And, hey, no time like the present. It's a quick hangover. But uh, we are feeling the effects my friend
6: absolutely yeah i I feel pretty good i mean uh you know uh again it was much needed and and um, really, they set themselves up uh nicely i think for 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 the last two weeks i mean they you know they they still control their own fate uh you know, their magic number down to two, and they beat the patriots so what a what a great night.
4: Well, you know, this is the time where we go ahead and uh, ask for your knee jerk reaction on this game. So, I'm going to go a little different this time around. Tony, when did you know that they won
1: this ball game?
6: Uh honestly, based on last year and how that game went, after the fourth down incomplete pass by Brady with 26 seconds left, that's when I finally knew. Even then, I was just waiting. Am I going to see yellow? Am I going to hear groans from the from the crowd? But no, yeah, that's when I that's when I finally knew because as you know, as the great Homer Jay from our site says they've been living rent-free in our minds for a long time. So I just didn't, I didn't believe it until <laughs> I saw it. And, and when I finally saw it, I was, it took me a while, but I, I finally processed it all and, and I'm finally accepting it.
4: Does this change the path of the season now? Do you feel like the, the season was on a different path or is this the same path that you think they've been on all along and these things, this adversity, Three weeks had to have
1: happened.
6: Oh, I think it absolutely changes changes the path. I mean, if they lose tonight, I think they're you know they're officially on life support. And and uh, but they didn't. They won, and and now you know that, that's going to give them confidence going into next week. I don't know how they would have gone into New Orleans on a four game losing streak and won that game. But now, I mean, you know what, what, you know if you can accomplish this beating the Patriots, there's really not a whole lot you can't do as, as far as the Steelers are concerned. So. I think it changes a lot. I mean, they're now they're a half a game out of the number three seed, which, you know, that's a pretty big deal. So, yeah, I think it changes a lot uh, what happened tonight.
4: A really big deal, and uh, we will be looking at schedules. We will be looking at how things are going down the road. Really excited. Uh, we've got a lot of activity tonight because uh, we'll have some usual suspects, and we will have uh, one of our BTSC correspondents, hopefully that is already at the that was at the game and traveling home from it. So he is uh, driving on air, I believe. Um, but you know, real quick, we always give out grades, and for me, with The gravity of this game, with the game plan, with the way they played, the final score, I've got to go A plus offense. I've got to go A plus defense, and I've got to go C special teams. What do you think? Where where would you go with those three?
6: Oh, absolutely A plus for the defense. I mean, the offense, you know, it was kind of disconcerting that it disappeared again for a bit in the second half. It really didn't, you know, produce much for what the third or fourth week in a row, but. I mean, it did enough in the first half to, to you know, it capitalized on its opportunities. So uh, other than that one play the, the, that led to the bo- – the one drive that led to the Boswell uh, missed field goal, I think the offense looked really really good tonight, and it did what it had to do. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with all so of maybe, uh, Go ahead.
4: Maybe bump it down to an A-minus or a B-plus?
6: For the offense, you I don't mean, have that's to put my in opinion, on yeah. On the side, so yeah. – but, yeah, I I'd say so what B, you, B plus pretty awesome. I'm gonna let you call it. B plus? Yeah, because of because of the second and, half. Yeah, you know, I think the, I don't know what it is but know, the second I agree half, with that.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I am cool with that. That's why I, I respect your opinion, Tony. So that's that's why I'm asking you. Um we have not discussed this and but I think it's safe to say we go ahead and give an offensive and defensive valedictorian. Um I'm not sure. I think offense has to be one guy. Um but I'll let you throw it out to see if we're on the same page. Who is your offensive valedictorian for this game?
6: Uh it has to be the guy who was impersonating the guy who was impersonating Le'Veon Bell, and that's the rookie Jalen Samuels. Hundred seventy two all purpose. Yeah. yeah.
4: I I agree. I mean it it has to be. And, you know, with the majority of those yards being rushes, that's even a bigger deal for me. Um, I'll have those exact stats in just a little while. But that is a huge deal for me. Uh, Big game for Jalen Samuels. Um, Really made you feel good. Lots of good games all around. Look, nobody, really nobody on this team um, is really going to detention this time around. I, I just can't. You know how I've had those weeks where I'm like, I can't put anybody on the honor roll? Well, this week I can't put anybody on detention, even Chris Boswell. Um, They're getting a C, but I'm not – I mean, look, there's something in this guy's head, and we've got to figure out what it is. Um, The Steelers had a chance to cut ties with this guy. They didn't. They lose that game. It's on them but he did come through in the clutch with a 48-yard field goal. Uh, I think he's better from longer distances. I think uh, that short stuff is in his head. Um, but it did not cost him tonight, but it could have. But that's, look, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to put that aside because this is a huge victory. Nobody's going on the detention. But I want to talk about defense. Someone's getting valedictorian. And you can probably look a couple ways, but I think there's only one guy that you go with. Um, you know, you can look at you can look at Joe Hayden for sure, but really, for me, it's a guy that a lot of people dog on for not being an elite pass rusher, but I think TJ Watt is an elite defender
1: at this point.
4: Um, so really, I'm giving the defensive valedictorian to him. Do you have any disagreement with that? Am I overlooking anybody Tony?
6: No, I mean, I think it, was, it came down to him and Joe Hayden. I think you know for that big interception the way he he held onto the ball. But I definitely thought T.J. Watt had a great game. I mean, he put constant pressure on Brady. He had to, he had the sack. I, I think he blew up a a screen pass on that on the um, the the drive that led that led to the Hayden interception. So uh, I I thought he had a tremendous game and a much needed one. You know, because he you know he he hadn't been doing a whole lot the last few weeks, but he came through tonight. So it was it was just a a great, a great game by him.
4: So yeah, it is in stone. We got to go valedictorian, Jalen Samuels on offense. We are going to go valedictorian for T.J. Watt, who I, I'm telling you what, this guy has got to go to the Pro Bowl for, for my, for my money, he's got to go. He's going to be partying with his brother, um, in Orlando or wherever that is. Well, actually, I hope he doesn't go. Yeah, I, I, I gonna hope say. he doesn't <laughs> go. I hope he gets named, but I hope he doesn't go. Um, I caught myself real quick because I'm remembering the days when everybody (laughs) went to Hawaii, and it was awesome. But uh, with that being said, you know, uh, the grades are good. You know, we got to go A's. Um, We'll do the B-plus for the offense. We'll go A-plus for the defense. And uh, even though there were some lapses there, but I'm overlooking. I'm in the mood. I'm feeling fantastic. And so all the way around, still going and see special teams because I just do. That's what I do Now look, something special tonight I teased this a little bit earlier We have uh, one of BTSC's very own On the road Returning from Heinz Field So we want to go on the line Um, Somewhere probably on the turnpike Or wherever he is right now Is uh, BTSC's very own Dave Schofield Dave, good evening
3: How's it going, guys? Hey, Dave
4: Hey, very good Dave, Tony, Tony, Dave Nice Sorry, to meet nice you,
3: man. To meet you. All right. So you must be walking oh, wow. on air, Dave. Was, I mean, we're dr- oh driving on goodness. air. This this was – I it, have never heard Heinz Field so loud in my entire life.
4: So uh, it looks like they picked the right time to play Renegade. And on, in the Los Angeles <laughs> Charger game, it blew up on them. But uh, it looks like uh, Renegade really uh, – really fired everybody up tonight.
3: Well, I'll be honest with you. I was talking to some of the people in, um, sitting around me. We were hoping we didn't get to hear it because if they would have got that last first down, Prince never would have been on the field again. And we would have said, we can go home with a win without renegade, but, uh, it didn't (laughs) quite work out that way. Got the finally Boswell, redeemed himself, knocked it through. Um, We were just waiting for the commercial break, and some people were upset. They're like, oh, no, they're not playing. I'm like, just wait till the two-minute warning. It's coming. Mm
5: -hmm. And when
3: that screen went black, it just – I've never – I mean, I've been to several games, a lot of games, but that was the loudest I've ever heard in a high school. Uh,
4: I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, when – look, what was the crowd move the entire time? Um, when did when did the crowd feel comfortable? And for my money, I always talk about this: you don't celebrate until there's zeros on the clock. But when did your section know that they're winning this ballgame? game?
3: When they were in victory formation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the um, mood other, was great. I mean, I'm sure it was awesome. It was interesting. It was. I went to the Atlanta game earlier this year. And I let Jeff Hartman. I'm like, this place is dead. Um, when, before the game started, but that wasn't, you know, they started quick, and then the mood picked up, and that's when the season really started to pick up. The mood wasn't that bad to start, but it was it was similar to it when the game started. There was with the with the losing streak, the fans were pretty pretty leery about stuff. But I tell you. I'm always the guy that likes to defer. I actually had an article today about whether or not the, the Steelers should have deferred or taken the ball. They took the ball and took it right down the field, and that really set the tone for the crowd, if anything. Add the extra point going through. There was as much cheering for the extra point going through as there was for, uh, for the actual touchdown, and, and that's when the crowd started to get in it. There was, you know, a little bit of air was taken out on that long touchdown pass, but, I don't even want to talk about that one. Get it? Well, you, it was it was an electric crowd.
4: Well, you know what? I had to uh, listen to the uh, the first drive on the radio, um, just because of bad planning by me. I ended up watching everything <laughs> and like speeding through the commercials. But the uh, when Boswell hit that first extra point, yeah, you could hear it. It was coming through my speakers, loud and clear. It was it was an eruption, and that's actually the way it was. At the Kansas City game uh, in Week Two, when uh, it was more mockery, but it was an eruption. Um, you know, the crowd loves Boston. They love. I mean, he's a good kid. People love this guy, but they don't know what's wrong with him. Um, you know, the I was, was talking to Tony earlier about might it. Have they,
3: been one of the louder times of of where he was booed. And I, I have to shamefully okay. admit that I was joining in on that one so. as <laughs> well.
4: Did you, did they show, uh, I know CBS showed it, did you happen to see uh, the close-up of him on the sideline after that mess?
3: I didn't see a close-up of him on the sideline, but he looked completely dejected walking off the field. I don't know if that showed up on TV, but as he walked off the field, you could just tell that that was not the same guy that had
4: just already hit two extra points. Tony, describe for us what he looked like after he missed that. He was sitting all alone on the bench.
6: He looked like a man with no answers. He, he, actually, actually, he looked like a man that just does not, did not know, how to, know how, to, how to dig himself out of this mental hole that he's in that he's been in since week one. That's what he looked like. I mean, he, he, like all these kicks now, they look exactly the same. You know, and that one almost looked Vanderjack-esque in the playoff game years ago. That's how bad you miss it wide right this time. It's just, he just looked like a man without uh, any answers. And that's why he was so impressive that he came back later in the game and hit that 48-yarder. I mean, he, he got himself together, so you have to give him credit for that.
4: Yeah, you know what, we could dissect that the entire time. I'm going to ask Dave uh, one more thing about Boswell. Who were the, when he missed that and there were boos, who were the fans blaming? Were they blaming Boswell or were they blaming Tomlin? for not making a move.
3: Oh, that was Boswell. That the fans, okay. they really have had enough of the misses. And, I mean, that was that was at a key point. That was to go up two scores. I mean, it was just so disappointing for that drive to end that way.
6: Yeah, first and go with the four and then end with, end with nothing. That was huge. Or it could have been huge.
5: And
4: That's where the world seemed to turn, but luckily it didn't. Um, Dave, one more question for you. What were the fans most excited about? Um, what player in this game?
3: Who who were they
4: talking about positively the most?
3: Well, of course you got a lot of people were ecstatic about Jalen Samuels. Um, I personally thought it was the best I've seen the offensive line play all season. Um, although... Um, couple shaky things early on, which was actually from DeCastro, which was very uncharacteristic. But the big guy everyone was talking about was Joe Hayden.
4: Oh, wow, yeah, because he he did have a very good coverage game. And uh, we did not elect Joe Hayden or Valedictorian on defense. We very well could have. We went with TJ Watt because of what TJ Watt created. But it seems like those two team up a lot with... uh, TJ helps force things going Joe's way, and that seems to have been happening a lot as of late. But what I want to ask you about is uh, the receptions of two guys. Um, What kind of receptions did Eli Rogers get and James Washington?
3: Uh, Great, both of them. I mean, I was probably going the most crazy about James Washington when he went up and basically had had the combative catch that we had seen in camp and it's the preseason that we haven't seen yet this year, a lot of people thought that was great. Probably the one going the craziest about that one. Plus, I played it. In you my know, family, I was so that helped. <laughs> well,
4: you know what? I'm very proud that I placed ninth in FanDuel, and the reason I'm proud that I fa- I'm thrilled that I placed nine and got no money this week is I put Gronkowski in there and I put Edelman in there, and I, uh, you know, I have no regrets. I I would rather lose. This is my fantasy football, the rules since 2002, since I started playing. If my team loses, that's fine. But my real team, Pittsburgh Steelers, they can't lose. So I don't care if I, hey, I can get $200 another way. I don't need to win it from uh, guys that uh, I drink beer and soda with, you know, or eat wings with. I don't need to get my money from them. I need to get my thrills from the Steelers winning, so I was thrilled to death that uh, those guys uh, were basically gave me very few points. Um, Dave, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, we need to have you on the show more. And uh, now you have to go every week if you're going to bring this this great mojo. Because if I look correctly, uh, Tony, help me out with this. He said he went the Atlanta game. And what happened in the Atlanta game?
6: Started a six game winning streak. Huge as as win. Catalyst.
4: So now now he goes to the New England game and they win. Yeah. So and
6: how many more games to the Super Bowl? I mean, six.
4: Yeah, so I mean you need to you need to save up your money. You might be going on the road, David.
3: Hey I don't know about on the road, but if they're playing at Hodge, the order in the playoffs, I'm there. <laughs>
4: awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, take one for the team. You might you might be going to uh, Kansas City, or you might be going to uh, Houston, Texas, or who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. But, hey, be sure, uh, look, fans of uh, Behind the Silk Curtain, be sure to check out all of Dave's work. He does fantastic stuff on the website. Um, there is there is a a whole bunch of statistical stuff that I don't know where this guy comes comes up with. I don't think he sleeps. Um, really, I, I really don't think he does. But he comes up with stuff for all of us on the site that is just absolutely amazing. Um, forget about pro football focus. I'm talking about uh, pro Dave Schofield. So, Dave, thank you so much. <laughs> and, uh, and you have a Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
3: Hey uh, Sam, to you guys. Anytime you guys just call me now, I'll come on anytime you like.
6: Nice meeting you, Dave.
3: All right, and nice to meet you too.
4: Once again, Dave Schofield. What a, what an awesome call. Thank you so much for him he calling in. Um, what, what a great treat, and he's a really good dude. Uh, in fact, I had a chance. Uh, he's a part of our uh, behind the still curtain Maryland connection, now which is growing. And uh, he uh, he came to the game last week and, and watched at my house in the joint Steeler Central. And uh, he's a hoot to watch the game games with too because this guy has knowledge that you would not believe. This guy is a, uh, is a coach. He he actually coached high school. Um, just an amazing football mind. I'm so glad to have him on the team. But there's other guys, Tony, that we're glad to have on the team. And this is a guy that's been waiting patiently, but I can't wait to talk to him. Because he's been, you know, he's been lifting our spirits the last three weeks, and now we can celebrate with the one and only Vito Manco from New Jersey, um, legend on the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast, and uh, joining us here tonight, Vito. Good evening, oh, what hey Vito. Oh. What,
5: what a great ending, huh? And uh, uh-huh. I gotta tell you, I didn't, wa- I didn't watch the last three minutes. I couldn't watch it when uh, when they had the ball. I said, man. I just hope Ben doesn't make a mistake or someone fumble the ball or do something stupid. I, I swear to you, I went upstairs brushing my teeth and I came back down and uh, my wife said to me, Oh, it's 1710 now. So, cause I know Boswell was going for the uh, fuel. But I, I, I missed the play where Juju Smith-Schuster didn't come down with the catch right near the end zone. Cause that could have been a critical, critical play. If he makes it he'd be right inside the one yard line. But I thought the turning point in that game to me, was when they missed the field goal. I thought that was going to... When when they missed the field goal and they should have went in and got a touchdown from the four-yard line, I thought that was going to be a breaking point that was going to come back and haunt them in the end. But you know what? I got to tell you, the defense did a great job. The coaches called a a great game tonight, both uh, Mike Tomlin and, and defensive coordinator. And I wonder if the gentleman that came in this week to give them some pointers or watch practice gave them some tips that helped them because... If you notice tonight, whenever they gave up a big play, they really weren't giving up big plays back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. The defense really was doing a really good job. I mean, to hold New England to 10 points, I thought that was tremendous. I mean, this is a team that usually scores 20, 30 points a game. So that was a win right there on the defensive front. But you got to say, maybe the two pieces they went out and picked up in the offseason, Bostick and Burnett, came in handy in a game like this. Because having Burnett back there, who's an experienced safety, Definitely helped tremendously. And I think Edmonds had a pretty good game, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The front looked like they're having a tough time getting to him because, you know, know Tom Brady, his offensive line always does a great job of, you know, protecting him and trying to give him extra time. But uh, uh, TJ Watt coming across the other side was tremendous. Uh, I saw somebody was getting held a lot throughout the game. I don't know if it was Bud Dupree or if it was TJ Watt, but they looked like they were getting held tremendously as they were coming around those turns and none of those calls were getting called. Um, what are your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger with those two key interceptions at uh, the most opportune time where they're driving and in and, and, and a position to score points? I mean, if you listen to the announcers through this game, they kept saying Pittsburgh should be up by at least 14 points. It, it just felt like Pittsburgh should have been dominating this game score-wise because of how much they were holding the ball and how they were using the ball and driving the ball down the field with Samuels and guys making catches and just the disbursement of different plays to receivers. But, man, to get this win out of the way and finally see this team do it after all these years, I thought it was a huge lift for the team as a whole. And you know what? We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season. We don't know how it's going to shake up. But Just think back if they would have won two of those three games and plus this game tonight, they'd be in the driver's seat. They, they could be in the two-seed right now. But huge win. And I, I think from what the gentleman was just saying on the line, you could hear how loud it was over there in uh, Pittsburgh. You knew it was loud because you could see there were so many penalties by New England, and I think a lot of it had to do with how loud that crowd was. That crowd was electric because they knew that we lost the game last year that we should have won, and they didn't want to lose this one. So just a great – it's a good one for the fans.
4: You know what? I I can't disagree with anything you said. You know, it was was a good all-around game, but I really think that uh, this team feeds on drama. I have family members that need drama that I I don't think they could they they could function without drama. And I think at this point the fans don't want the drama, but I for some reason this team needs to go down to the wire. Um, Your question about Ben Roethlisberger, you know what? The first interception, I thought it was ugly, but I did not think it was anything egregious. I thought it was a bad ball. Categorizing that as an interception like the ones where I felt like he had the yips in the last few weeks. The second interception, he was forcing a ball into Antonio Brown, but this time the ball ricocheted. And those ball those interceptions are on Ben, but as far as i'm
3: concerned
4: tony i'll I'll get your your opinion on this, but as far as i'm concerned i I thought he still had a pretty good game, and down the stretch i I wasn't scared when he was going back to pass um the other thing i want to before I throw it over to tony with that question the i want to mention the juju ball that was that ball was thrown perfect. That was Juju's ball, but here's the thing: he got defended perfectly on that on that ball. Um, but that pass, it was knocked away from his hands. It was knocked out of his hands. That that was a, that was a reception. That could have been a touchdown. Uh, he had it, but he got defended perfectly. And I don't think there was anything either one could have done about it. Tony, what are your thoughts on those two those two points?
6: Well, the, the first interception, I thought that was, I thought that was his Ben's uh, worst of the two throws. I mean, I think because I think it was Switzer or maybe it was McDonald was coming coming open, you know, on, you know, on the right side when he when he overthrew that pass. As far as the second one, um, I think that was more an Eli Rogers, where to, you know because he was I think he was supposed to clear out on that play, and he couldn't he couldn't get past his defender, so it, it was crowded in there, and that's why it was ricocheted deflected. Uh, so I think that's more more on, uh, on on Rogers or at least the defensive back covering him. Give him credit for not allowing Rodgers to clear out. I think that's what that. I think because I think Brown was wide open on that, so at, at least it looked like he was. As far as the uh, the Juju Smith-Schuster uh, play, that was just a great play by the by the Patriots uh, defensive back for taking that ball away. Uh, you know, and you almost intercepted it. So and it was a great pass, and it was a, you know Juju usually comes down with those fifty fifty balls, but you have to give the uh the pass credit or the defender credit for uh for uh, knocking it away and, and keeping the uh, New England in the game. You
4: know, I'm not being an apologist for Ben, but um you made a great point right there. There's some interceptions that that they're perfectly thrown balls. And there there's nothing that the uh quarterback or the receiver could do about it. And those interceptions they're they're just perfect defensive plays, and really at that point you you can't cry about some of those interceptions. Look, I I know we want a perfect Ben called a great game. I thought he uh, he was a leader in that field, and I believed in him in this game. Um, it's just uh, some of the play calling. I wanted to see more runs in that situation in the, in the third quarter. Um, I thought they could have done that a whole lot more, but with everything being said i i thought it was a it was a perfect a perfect game um it was an imperfect perfect game let me let me rephrase that because look you're not going to go ahead and uh and have perfection against a team like new england i think new england is down and i think uh you know, i'm going to ask you this i think new england is on the decline they will be going to the playoffs but i don't think they're a threat Uh, like they were, and I think you can go ahead and beat this team again. However, I don't want to be doing it in New England. And I actually think the way things are shaping up, if New England is the third seed, they're going to have their hands full if Baltimore is the sixth seed. So um, with that being said, what are your thoughts on the New England Patriots? Um, Did they give this ball game away, and are they on the decline?
5: I think they did give it away because if you look, Even after the game, the commentators were saying that it's very un Brady-like to make the throw that he made that got intercepted by Joe Hayden. And then if you look at him on the 4th and 15, if you look at Tom Brady, he had a clean pocket, and for some reason he went two steps to his left where he didn't really step into the throw, and he overthrew Edelman, who was wide open, and that's usually not like him. So uh, I don't know if it was just he was rattled because of the noise. I'm not sure if it was... I don't know what's going on, but you know, you got to remember at some point, you got to say, he is 41 years old. He's going to be 42 years old. Yes, he's done this many, many times. Don't forget, last year they did lose in the Super Bowl, and there was a huge play near the end of the Super Bowl that caused them to lose the ball. And sometimes you don't bounce back from those type of things because you know what? They take the air out of you. You'll notice the Falcons have never been the same since they lost that Super Bowl that they were dominating. So uh, Gronkowski didn't have a great game either. This is a guy that usually is is a key guy in the game, and and he was really a non-factor tonight. So uh, could they be on a decline? Yeah. And there's a good chance that the offensive coordinator takes a head coaching job next year. So what will that do to the offense, and what will that do to Brady? I do think you've probably seen the last game, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at Heinz Field, because especially we don't know if those guys are going to be together anymore after this year. Nobody knows what could happen from year to year. Now, unless there's a playoff game here in uh, Pittsburgh with that team, most likely you may not see them in Heinz Field anymore. And a lot of people are saying that this could be the last game Tom Brady plays at Heinz Field. And the reason why is because, you know, you look at his career. He's on the tail end of his career. You look at the type of year they're having. I mean, they lost a the ball game last week that they should have easily won. But you also got to remember the Dolphins were going toe-to-toe with them. And they, you know, they, that game came down to the wire. And there was a play right before the half last week where Brady took a sack and they didn't score any points. Now, you look at them tonight, they didn't score before the half and they didn't score on the first drive in the second half, which is usually unlike them because I've always remembered over the years as Steelers fans, how many times have we seen the Patriots beat us in the AFC Championship game and they've just dominated, dominated, dominated. Last year's game, if you remember in Week 15, Pittsburgh had the lead in that game as well and it came down to the final minutes and Gronk was the one that kind of took over and made some big plays In the and today he wasn't able to do that. So how many years have they dominated us as a team and they've come up with the big plays and scored before the half and scored, you know, the second half and just dominated those games and, and, and taken big leads but tonight that wasn't happening. I think what happened was the team as a whole probably said enough is enough. We can't let this happen forever and ever and ever. we got to be able to stop these guys and you know what? Everything was perfect today. I mean, perfect meaning, you know, the enthusiasm, the intensity was there, and to be able to hold that team to 10 points, I thought was a huge victory for the defense. I think coach played a huge, huge part in this game. I mean, everybody constantly talks about how bad Tomlin is, how bad Butler is, but you know what? The game plan worked because Pittsburgh made some adjustments. They were doing that. They were doing the things they usually don't do, and, you know, what? it worked and helped them win that game.
4: You know, it kind of felt to me, Vito and Tony, that uh, the Steelers walked in with a pocket full of kryptonite, and it felt like Superman was limping. And that leads to everything that you just said. But let me throw some lines, um, some receiving lines out to you here. Julian Edelman, who just completely crushes this team, and had a good game today. I mean, it really wasn't bad, but he he, he he did not make the end zone. But seven receptions for 90 yards, Look, if you can hold for the Steelers to hold a guy like Julian Edelman seven for ninety, I will take it, especially I believe one of them towards the end of the game was for thirty four so um they really they really held him in check if, if you take a look at that um chris Hogan two for sixty eight but here's the thing: one of them was sixty three yards so what happened was they were they just completely bit on a play fake looked confused at the beginning of the game and that was a bad play they blew it on that play but if you're talking the entire game yeah they kind of held them in check um, Rob Gronkowski two for twenty one no tr- two for twenty one I. I would have never dreamed. Like I said, I played him in my FanDuel League, and I'm glad I got zero, hardly anything from him. And I'm glad I didn't win any money this week. Um, because Gronkowski, I took him because I figured he was going to put up all kinds of points. I'd rather the Steelers get the victory than me, and that's exactly what happened. Here's a big one for me. Josh Gordon, who has really been coming alive for this team, one for 19 and that's it. And Josh Gordon hurts this team when they play. He hurt them in week one against Cleveland. Every time this guy plays this team, he shows up. He either gets in the end zone, and they kept him out. So they did something on defense that is just absolutely amazing. And they kept this team rushing under 100 yards, Um, 84, 96, 96 yards rushing total between uh Michelle, Burkhead and White. You know, you can't beat that either. So uh Tony, I I really think that they uh they crippled this team today and and uh to a point where I asked Vito the question if uh, if they gave the game away, I kind of will disagree slightly. I thought they gave gave it away with a lot of the penalties and a lot of the discipline that was just unpatriot like, but I thought Brady's play, P.J. Watt was in his head, and that doesn't happen. And I think he was he was around him every on a lot of those passes, and I think that's why they were forced that way. Would you agree, or am I off?
6: No, I, I agree. <clears throat> Vito mentioned uh, Brady's last throw where, he, where he, he took a couple steps to the right or the left when he didn't have to. Well, that's what happens when you when you when you feel when you when you feel pressure, even if you don't, even if it's not real. I mean, when you're when you're pressuring a guy all game, you know, you know he's going to be expecting it, and and I think that's what you saw in that last play. And, and in a weird way, I'm kind of glad it ended the way it did. You know, with, with the offense not being able to take advantage uh, on that final drive and, and score a touchdown or, or get or get the, uh, the game-clinching first down, because I think the defense needed that, that that um it needed that save. You know, I think it needed that save for its confidence because. You know, I mean, the way it collapsed down the stretch over the last three weeks in the fourth quarter, and to be able to hold the mighty Patriots, who might not be so mighty a- anymore, in the fourth quarter, in the second half, actually, they held him in check after the first drive, you know, the, the Chris Hogan touchdown. So it was a tremendous performance, and, and I think uh, the, the aggression of the defense is what really caused a lot of uh, problems for, for the Patriots. I mean, you mentioned Joe uh, Josh Gordon. He dropped a, a a first down pass i mean they they had them the three of ten on third down it was just i think i think they were more aggressive tonight than they have been in in in, in many weeks and i think that that's one of the things that attributed to to the uh holding on to ten points
4: Vito thank you so much and uh can't wait to hear from you next week um the plan you, probably be once again, probably we're we're looking at another sunday night uh same same day as because of the holiday um sure. so we'll probably be talking to you next sunday um not too far after they play with the saints and uh hopefully we have the same joyful noise that we're uh, we're spewing tonight
5: thank you gentlemen. Have a great evening enjoy the swim. This was a big one. And, uh, like I said, I think this one was for the fans. Absolutely.
4: Well, I, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Thank you so much. Once again, Vito Manko from New Jersey, just, uh, an absolute legend, um, calling in our show. We really appreciate them. Um, we have, Hey, we have, uh, people lining up and, uh, I know that with the program change, there was, uh, there's probably a lot of surprise that we're on tonight. Um, i'm going to uh i'm actually gonna be on an airplane tomorrow night, so that's why we're uh we're doing it tonight and uh and i I feel like this is the best time to do it because um we're talking about hangover the name of the show and this is supposed to be the hangover but I tell you what I'm still flying high my friend tony
6: oh me too i'm you know I'm getting more pumped up as the show goes on it's just you know it, it it's uh and it was a win that they that they probably needed you know more so than than the one that they lost last year against the Patriots. I mean that was for number one seed. This is for the was for their playoff lives. So it was just it was um you just never know in sports. When I mean, you lose to the Raiders one week and then you beat the Patriots the next. It's just why why we watch.
4: Exactly. Anything can happen and uh I can't wait to share this victory with uh with the next caller. And here's here's the big thing. I texted I I texted this next caller to just remind them that we were going on tonight, and it was uh, it was in the fourth quarter when I went ahead and did that, and uh, you could just tell by just a quick exchange that we were both nervous of what's going on. So um, Ken from Jersey, I know you're feeling good now, my friend. What's up, guys? It's Ken from Jersey. How are you? Hey, Ken. <laughs> you know how we are.
3: <laughs> Woo!
1: Here we go. Love it. Here we go. <laughs> Love it.
3: What do you what are you
1: feeling, my man? What's uh did you get a chance to watch the whole game? Because I know you sometimes you work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I watched the whole game. I'm I'm actually in Georgia right now with my dad and you know, with my brother down here from my, my sister graduated from University of Georgia, so but we did watch oh, the whole game. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you. We watched the whole game. Um, we were at a friend's house and it was it was great. It was it was a lot of stress. My dad's here right now Hello? who brought who brought me up on my dad's name is is Ken Senior by the way. So, um, you know he brought me up on a hey. list. Yes. Yeah. Is, is Ken, will, will, Ken, will Ken Senior talk to us? Hey, hey, Ken Senior, how are, are you talking to me right now? <laughs> Listen, don't you know, sometimes a lot of times a lot of times people say Oh my God! I, I thought I was talking to your father. I'm talking to you, because the voice doesn't change. I don't know what that is.
3: <laughs> I, I just, just,
1: genetics.
4: How you doing? You know what I? This is this is fantastic. I'm so glad to talk to you, sir. And the reason being is I I, I grew up on the Steelers because of my dad, and I would have, oh. uh, he introduced it to me. We watched the games together. I remember being at college, and uh, I didn't live. I didn't live far from where I went to college, but I would go home, grab a grab a sub. I lived in Johnstown, Pennsylvania at the time. I would grab a sub and instead of watching with all my my buddies in college, I would just go and watch the game with my dad. And uh so that's that's a really special thing. So thank wow. you so much for uh um for teaching the
1: Steeler way to your son. Well you you know, first of all, what's your name, son? My name's Brian. What's your name? Brian? Ryan, Okay. I, I stands at least to tell you that my name is Kenna senior. But um, you know, I, it, it seems to be that that's the way, with us in in our fan base, we we create from within. That's why Steelers Nation is so strong, and it's all over the country. You know. You know. with you, you, you can have Giant fans or Patriots fans or Redskins fans. Or even Raiders fans, you know, but they—they they are fans for the moment. The uh, Steeler Nation is so important because we create from within. So everybody who's a Steeler fan, they bring up the kids, and, and my people tell me they say, "You brainwash your kid." I didn't
5: brainwash
1: him. <laughs> I didn't brainwash <laughs> him, I just said, hey, this is who we are, and you are part just of it. Fairing. And guess what? The other part of it is this very simple, and I hate to say it. But if you're a girlfriend or a woman of mine, you need to be a Steelers fan. Otherwise, you're not accepted. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Hey, okay, standard. Let me ask you.
4: I once dumped a Cowboy fan um, because it was the playoff game in 96 when Curtis Martin ran for 80 yards on us in that fun oh, game in New England. Man. And he stood up here just to get I, – I was done with her. Um I I waited a week or two but I she was gone. And uh so no I, I don't but you know what I live here's the thing, you mentioned Ravens fans. I live in Maryland. And so wow. that okay. is uh this call originates from there, so and uh a lot of behind the still curtain, uh, a lot of us are in Maryland and uh we're we're transplants. But uh I grew up in western Pennsylvania but so I'd like to ask ask you how did you become a Steelers fan? Okay,
1: because first of all, how old are you?
4: I'm I just turned forty-seven
1: years old, and uh, Tony's uh, forty-six or forty-seven himself. Okay, well, I'm I'm fifty-four years of age, and and my okay. son Kim knows the story. Um, back in the early seventies, I'm talking about seventy-three or four or something like that. Uh, or seventy five, I really can't say. Uh my dad was a raiders, a, a Redskins fan. So my younger brother okay. and I uh, and he was he was born in six he's born in seventy. So he was already six years younger than me. And my dad was a raiders a Redskins fan, so we were going for the Redskins. That's when the Redskins had Billy Kilma, way before they had uh, Joe Faison. You know. Okay. And um and they, they the Redskins were okay but they didn't win all the way but we were going Redskins and then all of a sudden the next year my dad he just like jumped ship because he loved Billy Kilmer but he jumped ship and went to the Raiders and me and my brother looked at each other like I thought I thought we were loyal to the Redskins
5: and then he went to the
1: Raiders so then we just automatically said, looked to us and said look because we got into the game. He taught us about the game of football. And I was like, you know, if I was loyal to the Redskins and then all of a sudden you just switched off, I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find my own team. And at that time, in the early 70s, as we all know, Cowboys and the Steelers were just doing the damn thing. And this was before the 1974 season. When if you look up the 1974 season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, not only do we have the number one defense, but we, at least, we shut out teams at least, Shutouts within a 16-game season, and I think 76? 76. Seasons. Okay, right. So, but so it was 74 that we got that I got yes. in there that I was a fan, and uh, he was going for the Cowboys because we obviously, if I picked the Steelers, he had to pick the Cowboys because we had to go against each other. And to this day, I've been a pick a loyal, die-hard Pittsburgh fan and, and follow them, learned the teams, everything. Reading newspapers, learning about the players and all those things, because back then we didn't have the internet, and you had to read about, you had to learn about them by the newspapers and all those other things. Once I started having children, I was like, I'm a Pittsburgh Steel fan. You have to be a Pittsburgh Steel fan. Your mom's got to be a Pittsburgh Steel fan. And my family looked at me and said, This guy is crazy about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then I had other family members who said, Well, I'm going to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Because I'm just going to go against you. And they became diehard Dallas Cowboys fans diehard Cleveland Brown fans, all of that, just to to, uh, combat me. But what I did not know, what I did not know was how crazy the fan base of the Pittsburgh Steelers was in Steeler Nation. There's no other fans like the Steelers because we go all out for whatever. I don't care if it's a bad season or through the 80s that we really sucked but we still go outside and wear our gear proudly and let everybody know that we're Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And the thing is that I love the most about Pittsburgh Steelers fans with, with all the diversity and everything goes on, I don't care if it's a losing season. You can, if you have on your gear, you can go into a regular grocery store and then you see a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I'll guarantee you, you're going to have at least a five-minute conversation. That doesn't happen with any other team and the NFL,
4: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Ken Senior. And I got to tell you, I I do want to pay you a compliment. You have a very fine son that knows his football, and we enjoy talking to him every week. So, thank you so much for sharing sharing your thoughts on the Steelers with us. Um, you got you and I have a lot in common. Uh, I can speak for Tony because uh, we're. Uh, we're a lot closer in age and yeah we grew up with that and it was just a great feeling and you only had three networks back then fox wasn't even out yet there were only three networks right. and you were watching you were watching football and you were relying right. on box scores you were relying on football cards and sticker books and and, and that's how that's how you right. did it but uh to, to stay in it uh, I I tell you what I I feel I feel blessed that I I was born into a Steeler family and I'm glad to be one and when my children were born I have two children and they were draped in terrible towels within five minutes of entering this
1: world <laughs> that is so beautiful but it's the real it's like <laughs> no other fan no other fan does that Giants fans don't do that 49ers fans don't do that they just say okay I'm a fan I'll let my child decide who they want to be what I no, we don't do that. It's a difference, and that's what makes us feel a nation. Now all of a sudden, there's Raider Nation, it's Nation that is.
4: It's
5: ridiculous. Well,
4: that's just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so much, sir, for talking to us tonight. I mean, this was a treat. This was a treat for me because I, this uh, this, this you know, what amazing. I. I I talk about it, but I I'm the grocery store guy that would be talking to you. <laughs> and if I see that opening, I see you wearing it. I'm talking to you. Um, that's uh, that, that's who I am, and that's this part a guy. of being that special Steeler family.
1: This this is this is Ken Jr. from New Jersey. So I'll, I'll <laughs> just close with this. I'll just close with this. I'm gonna give you a little bit of analysis, just like I do every week. Um Artie Burns was supposed to uh, be covered three on that on that Brady touchdown, and he did not follow his responsibility. That's the end of Artie, unfortunately. Uh, I think Boz with the second field goal, he bought himself another week. And the last thing I'll say is the defense really needed that stop. And I think that's going to carry us to the playoffs. So I think we will run the table because we finally beat the New England Patriots. It feels like a spiritual win. And I'm just so proud and, and blessed to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's it.
4: Ken, I love it. Uh, thank you so much. And we will be talking to you. looks like uh, because of Christmas, we'll probably be talking next Sunday night as well.
6: Yep. you can. I'll
1: definitely be talking. Not probably. Definitely.
4: All right, guys. All right, thanks, buddy. You take care. God bless you. You too, you know, I, Tony. That was a treat. That was, was. How awesome was that, Tony?
6: I think we have another Hall of Famer I mean, on our we, hands.
4: I know. I mean, I mean, we, you know, what we we look forward to talking to Ken every week, Ken Junior. And now we just met Ken Senior, via the phone, and that's a dynamic Steeler fan.
6: That's
4: that's. If anybody can epitomize who we are as a fan base, that man summed it up perfectly. You know what? I'm going to put a challenge out to you, Tony. We need to check the schedule. Next time there's there's a game in the state of New Jersey,
3: we need to go down
4: there. We need to either go to a Jets game or a Giants game. And, uh, I mean, it's not that far. I mean, it's a lot closer for me. But, uh, we should take the show on the road and we got to meet up with, see if we can meet up with Vito and Ken and Ken jr. And Ken senior and, uh, anybody else that'll come down. Cause we have so many fans down there. Uh, that's, has got to be something we look at the schedule and say, all right, let's, let's just do this.
6: I think some Sunday in the near future we should. Yeah. I think it'd, it'd be a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
4: And, and you know what we, we would have to do a tailgate and, uh, and I, I want to mention a tailgate, too. I want to segue into this, one of the most refreshing things. And this guy this guy makes me excited to be a Steeler fan, and I've made no bones about it how I don't really have favorites because I love all of these guys, but I've got a new favorite just the way he treats the fans, and it's no, no other than number 19 Juju Smith-Schuster or John Smith, as I like to call him. And did you see what he did today?
1: Uh,
6: I, I saw, I vague you know, I saw a picture. He, 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 he went, he was among the fans again, which is just uh, what 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 was he doing?
3: So there was a
4: guy at a tailgate wearing a number 19 jersey and he decided to go up and get a dog, a hot dog. <laughs> that's his uh, guy's tailgate. I <laughs> so juju.
6: That's awesome. That's even, that's even better.
4: Uh, that's I, I tell you what, I, I love it. And, and I love the feeling. So, uh, Hey, let's keep this party going, and as someone that's been on hold for a while, and if I'm not mistaken, we're actually staying in the state of Georgia
2: and going to Marietta. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, guys. Yeah. Beautiful,
2: beautiful night in Georgia, and Ken should have just contacted me and we could have watched the game together. That would have been great. Um, (laughs) Here it is, guys. Who would have known? Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> we should just have our little board there, and everybody could post where they're going to be, and uh, that would help us all get together for the games. Um, but here's the thing. You know, with the that would be so t- cool. Yeah, here's the story about tonight, the quick watching. Uh, rainy here in Georgia, so I spent my weekend unable to do some tasks and watched, and this is almost brutal, the last three games on uh, tape. And I here might be a bit of a of – a scoop for the articles, the guys breaking down tape. It appears in between commercials I always try to go look at what just happened. And on the defense, I was trying to pick out what did – if Herman gave some advice, spent some time with the coaching staff, what do I see different? Being that it was really good because I just watched those games, to me it looks like the linebackers were definitely a step or two farther back. And more importantly, on pass plays, they were by far deeper than any other time of the season. Now, we may say that that's because, you know, maybe they're running a lot of curls in short three- or uh, five-yard pass plays, the New England playbook. However, that, I I just, it just struck me. It just came out after doing it four or five times and looking at the D, I was like, man, these guys, they're not a linebacker jumping backwards because a a running back or a wide receiver has gotten past them. Um, that was unmistakable. The other thing is, is that I have never seen New England's defensive linemen on the ground more than I had seen this game. And unfortunately, because New England's good, you see them on TV in, in Georgia quite often nationally. But I'm just saying that this, it's a trend I see every time I watch them, that they've never had defensive linemen getting all, you know, occasionally pancaked and laying on the ground. Um, and the final thought, because I know you know, you got a lot of time and other people are calling, it's an exciting night. Going to the New England boards, it was kind of fun tonight, the first hour after the game, because even their paper, everybody posting, they're complaining about the officials. i got to tell New England fans something, and I think I might be the only guy picking this up. But you go look at that first TD when Hogan, for Hogan, uh, number 84 there, Patterson, is lined up almost nose-to-nose with the center. And I know the camera angle is slanted, but I have HDTV, so it's pretty accurate. He's, he's got his head leaning past his feet. He's 6'4", keep in mind. Big guy. And then he swings his hands like a little girl. And he swings him forward to thing of the snap. He has to be a neutral zone violation. I can't wait until the All-22 comes out, if somebody could take a look at that. But he was definitely a neutral, I think. I put it down. He's 90% sure he's a neutral zone violation. How are these officials? Missing this stuff week in and week out, and how's it always happen against us? And the last point is he's the guy New England fans complaining about the, um, the game. The Juju pass when uh, Ben throws it up on the blitz late in the game in the fourth quarter, um, the quarterback, you can freeze it right online, the NFL.com, the videos. He never turns around. He's got his face or his hand straight up Juju's face. That's face guard or at least interference before the ball even gets there so those are those are some very big plays in that. give gives defense even more of an impressive effort in in regards that they overcame it because in the past weeks they haven't overcome these types of situations um and i I know you guys both know what I'm speaking of um but interesting to see what you guys think of those thoughts.
4: I think those are tremendous thoughts. um I tell you what we talking about Hall of Fame callers i Nick, fantastic! Any of that? I, I picked up on none of that, and I, I, I humbly say that that uh, fantastic job because on the I saw the juju play twice, and I really I was looking more at at the defender's hands than anything. Mm-hmm. So I I did not notice that. I, Tony, what did you see?
6: No, I didn't notice it either. He has good eyes. I mean, it's a good analysis. I. And especially the, the part about the linebackers, I thought that was really, really a, a good thing to pick up on, because I mean they weren't they weren't uh, you know really giving up any big plays tonight. I mean not consecutively, not consistently, and 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 uh, you know it 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 showed in the uh, the overall performance. So yeah, uh, good job, Nick. That was pretty good stuff. Yeah, Nick, I, you uh, played. Well, you was... played,
2: about... right? Uh, I coached. Uh you know what I've only hey, coached coach. uh, flag football. But I played high school football and such and okay. been watching since I've been seven years old. But I try to always watch especially, you know, your site and some others where people will break down the film, try and learn um it, you know, and I don't subscribe to any of those services, but you know, like I said, it's it was a nice thing to be able to pick up on in regards to watching these previous losses and where the linebackers it seems like running backs and wide receivers had their will. The the Steelers linebackers weren't getting deep enough, they were making tackles. Uh, pulling guys from behind, pulling them down or the ball gets by them. Tonight, if you notice the linebackers, it seems like they kept guys in front. Um, so uh, the, the point is, I don't think, if if that is true, what I picked up on, I don't expect the Steelers to say, hey, you know, here's what the input is Mr. Herman, our Coach Herman gave. That ain't going to happen because then you, you know, you, you open up the can for the next team, Newest Saints or the Bengals to improvise, obviously. But, um keep an eye on it for the next few games let's see if it's something that becomes uh, more obvious to all of us on tv that's fantastic i mean uh, thank you for bringing that up now what's your
4: gut saying about uh new orleans because that's an offensive juggernaut down there oh <laughs> uh, uh,
1: i it, how are you? how are you yeah, feeling I about that that? Is,
2: yeah, i'm gonna tell you i always thought that we would go two and one in these last three if we were to make it and i'm hoping you know I have a lot of a lot of NFL paraphernalia of different teams even, and I am going to admit something. If you see a guy driving around with a blue F-150 in Georgia this week, um, in the Marietta area, and he's got a Steelers paraphernalia all over his truck, yet he's wearing a Chargers cap, that will be me, and I am not afraid to admit it because <laughs> go Chargers. That's
3: all I absolutely. Oh yeah.
2: And I am going to give you guys some help tonight. Uh, it looks like our uh, brothers over there on the other side of the state, um, the one thing that can really help the Steelers play the, play the Saints um, is going to be uh, if they don't have as much stress to try and lock up that one seed because right now the Eagles are up top by 10 uh, going into the fourth quarter. and If they knock off the Rams, I believe the Saints win the tiebreaker. That means they only have to win one of their next two. So there's something to keep an eye out for the next half hour to 45 minutes see what happens. Mm, very interesting. I have not seen a
4: thing because uh, I've been wrapped up into this, and I get so distracted that I can't have a game on in the background. So I appreciate you bringing that up as well. Uh, it's going to be a 13, oh, twenty ex- three thirteen, guys. Oh, definitely twenty three thirteen. Yep. Okay. Wow, that's a weird team, too. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll talk to you next Sunday. All right. Go see you. Wow. Wow. I, I tell you what, ghost dealers indeed. That, that's another one. We are blessed on this show Tony to have great callers and um, a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the uh, the way the uh, the BTSC network and part of sports blog nation is going a lot of them are going to more of the uh, the video chat and uh, we are one of the few that is sticking to uh, this format um, that might change in the future. Who knows? I mean, it's uh, the powers that be. But this is a guy in Nick that at the beginning of the season, we we uh, on, on the first call-in show, we, we mentioned that we're going to go ahead and uh, just have brief calls, say what you need, and then we'll go ahead and talk. And he's like, hey, guys, please, uh, if you have to, that's fine, but please don't do that because that is what we like about this show. That's, that is uh, why we tune in because you give us a voice. And I tell you what, I appreciate the voices that we have on this show. Um, you know, the Knicks, the Vitos. Uh, we added Dave. We, uh, um, Ken Jr. and Ken Sr. I mean, it's just so fantastic. In fact, I I feel like the worst football mind. And I'm not being self-deprecating, but these guys know their stuff. And it is so great to convene with them every single Sunday or Monday night and uh, be able to talk about this on The Hangover, so I, I'm thankful to to have this time. It's not work to me. It's just so much fun, Tony.
6: It is, and and, and I mean, just tonight alone, we had a uh, we had a, a former high school player, a coach. Uh, I mean, uh, Bryce from Brooklyn played the game, the one who called a lot last year. Ken obviously has a, a great knowledge of, of football. Uh, Vito, I mean, it's just it's amazing. And then date, uh, the, the writers on the site, the way they break down uh, film and, and, and the way they analyze things, and and you just me just screwing around writing stupid articles about you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me, Mayo, me, with
4: my random yeah. thoughts and and my uh, <laughs> my bizarre predictions, uh, just basically trying to do a this date in history with Juju's celebration every single week. Um, yeah, but it's just uh, a, it's just you a know of what? Knowledge. Be, That that's what makes me proud to be a part of BTSC because we have uh, we're a team and the best part about being a team is having everybody that covers different things and you have so many different angles. Gosh, I mean, if you we have guys breaking down film, we have guys like like Dave Schofield that is just a stat master, and then you have and then you have Jeff who is just the perfect writer and bringing it all together, and then you have you and I that like to screw around and just have fun with it. And uh, that's welcome too. That's what I, I love. But we know, uh, we know a lot about the, uh, you and I are more of the nostalgia and the and, and the history. And we have other guys that I haven't even mentioned um, that are just, uh, you know, fantastic parts of the site. So I, I feel really blessed to be a part of it. But uh, when I talk about these people calling in, I feel really good. So I know we're running long. So let's talk about next week and the saints. Um, Hey, they don't have to. uh, They're not on the hook to have to win this game. This is not a do or die victory like this one was. Um, Especially if uh, if Los Angeles goes ahead and does what they need to do, and uh, because they Los Angeles has to keep winning, the Chargers have to win, the uh, Baltimore has to win. So that's going to be a great battle. I can't wait to watch that game. But uh, and I don't want to say that. You can lose a game, but it's just not as desperate. Would you agree?
6: Yeah, I, you know. And, and first of all, I think that that uh, two point conversion at the Chargers for on Thursday night that might pr- prove to be the biggest play for the Steelers this year because, you know, like you said, the Chargers are they have everything to play for. I mean, you know, they, they have the number one seed right in front of them, and uh, they, they have to keep winning. So if if they knock off Baltimore, which I I fully expect, I think the hottest team in football right now, meaning the Chargers, then you know the Steelers, if they can go over to go down to New Orleans, they they can steal the division next week. So yeah, I mean it's it's huge. But like you said, even if they don't, week 17 against Cincinnati, they, they still have a shot. So it's not tonight made made uh, it, it brought them some time, for, without a doubt. And 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 the Saints. You know, getting back to the Saints. I mean, as uh, Nick just pointed out, they're they're, lo- they're losing by ten to the to the Eagles, who aren't having a good year, and they've been struggling a, a little bit lately, meeting the Saints, and they lost to the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, you know, they're not the juggernaut they were a month ago. And as we as we know, it's it's often about when you play a team, not not who you play. So, you know, I think that's gonna really be pretty exciting.
4: Actually, I. I... I don't mean to correct you, but actually the Saints do play tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. It's the Rams.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm
4: sorry. No, no, that's okay. But what's important about that is you see teams like Kansas City losing and you see teams like the Rams losing um, to a a mid-level team right now, but a mid-level team that's still the Super Bowl champs and still fighting for their playoff lives. Um, it shows you that anything can happen in this league. And you're not going into—it's uh, not like the year that the Patriots went in 16 and 0 to the playoffs, and you're like, uh, you know, no one's going to touch them, even though it happened. But it's not like when the 49ers were 15 and 1, and you have those years where you're like, it's a no-brainer—we know who's going. So basically, what we thought was going to be happening a month ago to completely change. And, uh, you know, one game like this for the Pittsburgh Steelers to completely right their ship, and that's exactly what has happened. Now, I had a friend say, hey, you know, don't be deceived. This could be smoke and mirrors. There's, this is just a Band-Aid to cover up the problems. I don't agree with that. I uh, I agree with the fact that they found a way to beat a team that they cannot beat. They've proven that they they struggle with every time. They have all these guys that completely run all over them, like Brock, like Edelman. Um, they shut down, and so that shows me that they can go into New Orleans and compete with this team because New Orleans is not the same team they were on Thanksgiving. We talked about the Saints on on after that Thanksgiving night game
1: touching this team,
4: so here we go again. That's the beauty of the National Football League. And it's a beauty, the beauty of being a Steelers fan, where you can have a three-game losing streak and still believe that they they could win the Super Bowl. You still believe. And the reason you still believe is because they're that damn good of an organization. And our problems are lucky guy problems, being a Steelers fan. Because they're Detroit Lion fans, Cleveland Brown fans, Arizona Cardinal fans would kill to have our problems. Buffalo Bill fans right now would kill to have our problems. Jets fans would do anything to have our problems. So with that being said, I feel blessed, I know you do, for all the gifts we have in this world, but also feel blessed that I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan.
6: Amen to that. I, I, uh, you, you put it perfectly. I mean, I have I have friends that are Bills fans and Lions fans, and we were complaining about the game the other night while hanging out, and we're like, somebody said, ah, I think we better, uh, we better put a, 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 we better relax this talk because we have some Bills and Lions fans amongst us, so they know real pain. So uh, being in first place with two or three weeks to, to go, that's always a good thing, no matter if it's a half a game or a game or whatever. I mean, you you have a chance and and. and you know, we should just be thankful that, that they were able to pull, pull tonight's one out and uh, and uh, set, set set us, sets us up for an, uh, a really exciting uh, last two weeks.
4: Definitely, definitely, definitely. And you know what? One thing about being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Another thing, actually, is that when this team plays, they go ahead and win games they're not supposed to, and they do that more often than not. Um they were underdogs in this game, probably gonna be underdogs next week. I'll take that.
1: I'll definitely
4: take that any day. Um any day of the week and twice on Sundays and next Sunday. I'm predicting that the Steelers keep this going and wrap up the division, Tony.
1: Yeah,
6: I, I feel good about that. And I actually feel better now that you said that the Saints play tomorrow night because they could win tomorrow night and uh have absolutely nothing to play for theoretically or or very little to play for next week so i'm I'm looking for a high scoring game as usual you know like you know like tonight seventeen ten you know i'm seriously uh like thirty one twenty seven gonna go
4: uh, i I'm thinking forties and the uh, forties and forties or forties and high thirties i <laughs> i could see uh i could see you taking the over on this game, but um feeling really good flying high, this was a great time tonight. I really enjoyed it. Tony, as always, thank you for joining me on The Hangover.
6: Hey, it was great being with you, and it was great to break that losing streak, and especially against the Patriots, the seven-year losing streak. Go Steelers.
4: All right. Next week, I'm going to be uh, – tomorrow night, I'm going to be flying high. Um, in a different way because I'm going to be in an airplane and next week I'll tell you all about it. Uh, something that I'm really excited about. Uh, it has nothing to do with the Steelers but uh, we'll talk about that next week because that'll be uh, just something fun to talk about as well and hopefully we're talking more about a fun Steeler victory. So four behind the steel curtain for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, news, everything for Tony Defeo for myself, Brian Anthony Davis, thank you, my my friend. It was a great victory, 17-10, to 10, over the New England Patriots. And you, my friend, have just been hungover. Good night.
0: Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...